3: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. 319.
2: Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz podcast, your weekly source for women's American football insights, game recaps, and NFL news weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart
3: is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to
0: $50. Welcome, guys, to the Great American Blitz, uh, 425, Oscar Lopez in the house. We're going to have a, the Oracle of Women's Taco Football, Mark Simone, here in about an hour. And We're going to be talking everything that's happening in the women's game. You can go right now to figure it out at the Hub at Facebook.com for Saskatoon Beauties. That is the place to be. The best network on the planet exists at the Hub on everything that's happening. Uh, big news today, As we before we came on the air, uh, we had the announcement earlier today that the Bill Belichick's uh, foundation was donating a, a $10,000 grant to the WFA Champions Boston Renegades. You get the article right there at the Hub, so you can go there now and kind of check it out. So thanks to uh, Bill Belichick for supporting women's tackle football, especially one of the elite teams in the country, if not the world. So shout out to the Boston Renegades for getting a a financial lift there to help them out as an organization and uh, getting them going as well. Um, You can also go to the hub right there. Everything that's happening in the sport right there, front and center, uh, Sweden, Finland, Mexico playoffs as well as Canada, uh, everything that's happening in the sport besides the WNFC and WFA, all right there uh, for you as the best network on the planet does its job every week, weekend, week out, to bring attention to women's American football uh, as a sport. So awesome. Um, We're going to dive into a couple of the things that happened in week seven. Uh, Texas almost uh, loses to the Alabama Fire. That was interesting enough. Uh, Cali War gets routed uh, by Arlington, and no Wiggins and no uh, uh, Ashley Salerno at quarterback, which we'll be talk to Mark about that and how that uh, happened. And then we're going to be diving into, obviously, the key matchup coming up this week, Boston-DC, DC losing last week to Tampa, uh, crucial situation there in the East for the DC Divas to figure out if they're going to make the playoffs, so uh, a tougher road for them. Also, we're going to dive into D2. Uh, that picture has started to get some clarity in terms of the Massey ratings, so we'll dive into D2 uh, briefly with the Massey ratings, and then we're going to dive exclusively to D3 with the Massey ratings, see what that's going to look like in terms of a playoff push. A lot of teams really now getting ready for the road to Canton. A lot of the teams in D3 really are starting to figure out where they stand and fundraising is going to start right now, probably this week, uh, two weeks out before the season ends. A lot of the teams are doing fundraising. So that's uh, crucial for them because if they can't afford to go to, uh, you know, w- once they get seated, they can't go afford. They're going to have to forfeit, and that's just a disappointing season to have to forfeit at the end if, even though you made the playoffs or you were assigned to, to, to be to the playoffs for the road to Canton. So crucial uh, next three weeks for a lot of teams in D2, D3, uh, also for fundraising uh, in women's tackle football because there's obviously no other option. So uh, fundraising will be huge within the next four, uh, four weeks. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you guys can support your local team, uh, local players uh, as well uh, to get them over the hump, um, they should know where they stand by uh, week eight, even before week eight, should be able to figure out once the WFA announces the um, playoff brackets, once they announce the actual Road to Canton playoff brackets, we'll be able to figure out which teams are in, which teams are, and uh, you know, need to do something more, and which teams need help. Crucial for the Women's Football Alliance in terms of the state of the Road to Canton. So, and then you'll also get the Road to Canton show this week with Brian Sweeney, Brandy J, uh, Lois Cook, and and Alex Westad. So they'll break down everything that's happening in this coming week in, in terms of where every team stands for the road to Canton. so it's uh, interesting to see which d3 uh, teams right now are even though they're undefeated, some of these teams might not get in It's happened in the past and uh, it's just uh, we'll see how that you know transpires with the Massey rating. It's always a, an initial a confusion as we get towards the end of the, uh, the, the end of the season. so let's let's walk into the rundown the WFA rundown. And we'll uh, start uh, it was 20 games this past weekend on the 14th. Uh, the Renegades at 5-0, also undefeated on the road, 3-0. Uh, they are just rolling right now. They are probably the team to beat in D1. And there's probably nobody close to them in terms of skill level, in terms of uh, scheme, and in terms of, uh, you know, just talent level. So at this point, anybody out of the West, whether it be Arlington, whether it be Cali War, whether it be Minnesota, Nevada, Whoever comes out of the West will, will face their biggest test of the season uh, because though that is the team to beat. That is the, uh, the multi-time champion. And they were facing uh, on the road in St. Louis, 49-21. They take care of business. It was a real closer game at midway through the, uh, the game, but St. Louis did keep up at some point uh, midway through there, but the Renegades run off with it uh, late third quarter into the fourth. And so uh, that's your ball game right there, 49-21. The champions continue their their streak of undefeated streak as well from last season. Uh, they're running into you know nobody. Nobody's able to stop them here. The the international ba- international backfield of Mata and uh, Kusinen right now just on on fire. And uh, you add Cahill and you add Smith and every other weapon that this uh, Renegades team has, and they're they're fueled to return to Canton and hoist another championship. And uh, if you're in New England, uh, championships are obviously customary. <laughs> uh, everybody's used to championships in New England. And Boston, Boston Celtics in the playoffs uh, as we speak. So uh, championship, uh, you know, that's what the vibe is in, in Beantown. It's always been that way. And Boston, no different in the women's tackle world. So uh, shout out to the Boston Rangers, 49-21. Uh, St. Louis, like I said, play their hearts out. St. Louis 2 and 2 Really crucial for them uh, the next two weeks in terms of their seeding. And we'll see how that turns out. Uh, Arlington uh, down to Cali War. uh, Cali War on the road. And uh, surprising enough, there was no Ashley Saleno and no uh, Chantel Nino Wiggins, which Chantel Nino Wiggins was uh, the quarterback when they beat Nevada uh, the last last weekend. And now they were just in disarray this game You can catch it right there at SemiPro Live, courtesy of the Arlington Impact on Facebook, and we shared that feed on there. Catch the game live right there. They were just Jackie Robinson, uh, defensive tackle at quarterback. Uh, So there's just a lot of issues going on there in Cali War that we're not aware of, obviously, internally. Uh, The only thing we could speculate on what happened here is there was obviously some friction between the quarterbacks, one either walking out or the other could not make the trip. So that was literally our own you know, speculation in terms of that, but we don't know that for a fact. But we do know that Jackie Robinson started, and that probably wasn't the right person to start at quarterback. Uh, Arlington takes advantage of that. Uh, they're 2-0 at home. Uh, they're 4-1 on the road. This team is obviously going to make the playoffs. Uh, this is no doubt here. And they would like nothing better to make an impact, uh, pun intended, in this WFA uh, playoff picture. 56-18, they are ready and skilled. And if you watch the game right there, uh, Arlington Impact really uh, working it, and they're really getting ready for the playoffs. they got two weeks left here. They should be able to, you know, get get a, be in to get in. Uh, the other games, uh, obviously, were a, a little bit of a factor. Uh, Grand Rapids, Tidal Waves taking on Capital City Savages. That was a D3 matchup. Grand Rapids 4-0. They're 3-0 on home, undefeated, uh, 28-21. Capital City, 3-2. Two. They're 2-1 two and one on the road. Uh, really good matchup there, really good game, competitive. Um, so, you know, that was awesome. Uh, a uh, good win for the title to keep them uh, their undefeated streak alive. Two weeks left in the season. They should also, uh, you know, Massey should be friendly to them in terms of keeping it up. So that that should be great. Uh, also at Carolina Phoenix, 4-1 up against East Tennessee Valkyrie. Uh, Valkyrie, 3-2, and two started out really hot in the first three weeks, and now they've kind of faded out a little bit. So 36-6. to six. Carolina also in that mix for the uh, playoffs. And then you had a, a battle of two teams going the opposite direction, in terms of the Carolina and the Ra- Grand Rapids. That's Northeast Ruckus. Uh, they take advantage and, and they beat Connecticut Hawks 20 to 13. They get their one and two on there, one and four for the Hawks. Uh, then Detroit uh, back on track after the couple of defeats. There, Detroit 35-14 against Derby City. Nobody nobody anticipated Derby City to be in this situation uh, this season. But, uh, you know, obviously coming from D3 as champion into the D2 realm, a little tougher, now facing D1 as well, competition. Uh, they're 1-3, 1-2 uh, on the road. So uh, this is probably not the season that Derby expected to have in D2, but here we are. So 35-14, Richmond, Black Widows, 39-16, Harrisburg, Havoc, uh, Richmond rebounding here, a couple weeks of losses. Now they they get a they get a W here. They're two and one at home. Uh, they just got to keep it rolling here if they want to make uh, some sort of push to get to a playoff state. If they go to three and three or four and three, there's opportunity there for them to make the a playoffs as well. Uh, Zydeco start off really hot as well, and now they've kind of slid down uh, three three and two two and one at home, fifty four to eight they lose to the Houston Energy, and that's the coach that we're going to be talking to today. Houston Energy coach uh, Brian Wiggins in here in a couple minutes. Here he's going to be talking everything Houston Energy, uh, everything in terms of the D2 picture. And then in 45, uh, about half hour here, we're going to have the talented running back of the San Diego Rebellion, the Nine Cup runner-up San Diego Rebellion, and, and that's going to be Adrian Gutierrez coming into talking Rebellion football pre Nine Cup playoff mentality here uh, at um, about 30 minutes from today. Uh, So two awesome guests, and then uh, in the second hour, strictly the one hour recap, one hour women's tackle football talk, with the Oracle of women's tackle football, and that would be um, Mark Simone, aka the Backseat Coach. All right, Uh, Minnesota Mix uh, in developmental league, 14 to 12, real tough game there. Two good teams there, two development developmental teams there. Music City, route, Cincinnati fizzle. Cincinnati having a horrible season, 0 and 3 so far, 0 and 2 at home just a, just not a good season for Cincinnati. Um on the other side, mis, uh, Music City, 3 and 1, 3 and 0 on the road, really good, and they're obviously going to be uh viewing the Massey ratings as well to see where they stand. Uh, Nevada after the loss to Cali War, tough loss. Uh, they go on the road and they take care of business, 63 to 6. Uh Nevada Moichen and company there, uh Canangelo, Plummer, uh, Jesse Felder, they take care of business uh, against the Portland Fighting Chuckwave. Wave. So, 63-6. Uh, Nevada looks, obviously, to keep it rebound here. they got a tough schedule going here in the next two weeks. Uh, they should be able to compete enough to where they get a friendly Massey rating to be into the playoff picture for the playoff bracket. So, uh, the New York knockouts in D3, 5-0, 3-0 on the road, continue 14-10. They get by Maine Mayhem. Uh, so, awesome uh victory there for the knockout a great season last year we didn't know what was going to happen uh, are they going to be tough enough to compete in the first round that is the question that we'll have to ask for the knockout can they get out of the first round and last year was derby this year we have no idea who's gonna who's gonna be in their way but it looks like they've refueled they got a little bit of more of a chip on your shoulders and it looks like the uh, new york is looking to obviously go further into the playoffs uh, they want to be obvious, uh, obviously one of the teams that arrive in Canton for the Road to Canton National Championship. So interesting to see that. Uh, we got OKC Lady Fours we haven't talked a lot about. Also, uh, you know, last weekend's win against Dallas Elite Mustangs in D1. This week they keep it going, 27-12 to against Cruises Regulators. They're 3-0 on the, uh, on, away from home. They're 2-0 at home. They're 5-0 total. This is a team to watch. This is a team that's going to be up in that rankings for the Massey ratings considering um, what they've done so far. And then Oregon Cougars against Seattle Spartans, to 8 uh, Pittsburgh, 35-6 to six after that Boston loss. They come back. Uh, the Columbus Chaos just having a bad season, 0-4, 0-3 at home, just not able to uh, you know, be competitive this season. So it's a losing season, maybe more so a rebuilding season for the Columbus Chaos. But Pittsburgh does stay, take care of business there. Um, so uh, you know, uh George just doing her thing as, as well. Uh the outcast rebound here after a uh, Cali award loss. You got a couple wins here, four and one, three and oh at home, thirty four to eight. They take down uh o and five Sun City stealth. Uh the Inferno easily take down uh Daytona forty to zero. Uh it was forty five uh to six. The Nighthawks taking down Tri State after that crucial battle, fourteen to thirteen against the New York uh, Wolves, so rebounds Baltimore. And Baltimore's faced really good competition. I'm pretty sure Massey is going to take that into account, and they are going to be the top favorite in D2. We're looking at a rematch clash in D2, if it's going to be the Wolves or it's going to be Baltimore once again, uh, something to, to watch for. Iowa started off pretty uh, bad. Now they've kind of back to 500 almost, 2-1 at home, and they take down Tulsa 28-12. to 12. So looking forward to the week. Seven slate of games which we're looking at 25 games on the docket in week seven for the wfa go to wfaprofootball.com get the schedules right there get the breakdowns the stats everything that you need go to wfaprofootball.com all right guys and don't forget go to monkey knife fight monkey knife fight the prop site uh play nba right now play pga there's a lot of uh mma as well and as we get further into the next two months here nfl of course so check it out, monkeynightfight.com. Use the code NJF to get started. Get a five dollar free play on us. If you if you guess right on the prop, more or less, you're able to make fifteen dollars on our five dollars that we give you. So check it out. Be inclined. Go five dollars on us. Use the code NJF to monkey Knife. Fight. We're going to be going into the uh, no joke football, uh, no joke. I mean a uh, monkey knife fight huddle here. We're going to be talking to the talented coach of the Houston Energy of the WFA D2. And that would be Brian Wiggins, and we'll come here in a second.
3: Monkey Fight is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight: Daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to fifty dollars.
0: And don't forget, guys. Monkey Night Fight code NJF. Get started today in the U.S. and uh, start winning on Monkey Night Fight. All right, Coach Brian uh, Wiggins, how's it going today?
2: Man, it's going good. It's going good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: No, we're bringing all the energy for you. How's that?
2: (laughs) No pun intended, huh? No pun intended. No pun intended.
0: Uh, No, I I needed to get you on here because a lot of, of, you know, feedback from a lot of, uh, you know, uh, some of our media types people, uh, we're just, uh, we're just in awe of how you can maintain this program and be competitive against D1, D2, you know, uh, year in, year out. I mean, you've had a good resume from, what, 2017, 2016 up to now. And and Houston, mm-hmm. in terms of the energy, has always been able to put up somewhat of competitive teams. I, mean, I don't think you've had a real losing season in that time frame, right?
2: No, sir. We've been competitive um, year in and year out um, for whatever reason. we got to – a good, a lot of talented girls, some awesome coaches, and uh, we, we stay competitive. We just got to know how to, you know, basically set our girls up for success. And it, it's worked out good for us. We haven't won a whole lot of championships, but we're there. We're there. We just got to get over the hump, you know, and hopefully uh, we'll get over the hump this year.
0: Coach, <clears throat> Brian, uh, what do you say of the state of the, of the game in terms of the WFA? D1, uh, D2, your schedule was always in a mix between the top-tier teams and your own competition. Um, and then, obviously, the Texas swing is huge there because you've got a lot of teams in the Texas swing uh, in terms of competition. You've got you know, Austin. you got Dallas Elite. You've uh, you got a bunch of teams, obviously, in your backyard, Arlington as well. Um, when, you, when you guys roll out the schedule, is that a WFA schedule or is that something that you guys dive in and say, this, these are the teams that we want to kind of just you know, go up against?
2: You know I think a lot of times when they when the WFA makes the schedule they obviously want it to be uh travel friendly as much as they can. Um mm-hmm. there there were some teams that I didn't want to play here locally. I'm not so much locally but here in Texas, but obviously I want to play the D1 teams that would kind of give me a benchmark on where where we are. And uh it was a blessing this year we got a chance to play a a, a Division 2 powerhouse the Mile High Blaze. Um, unfortunately, they they came out and they beat us uh, by two points, and then we played uh, the Arlington Impact and they beat us by four points. So uh, no, I think Mile High beat us by four points and Impact beat us by four points. But it's a good it's a good measuring stick to see exactly where we are. Um, but I will say this: this year, there's been some awesome football uh, here in Texas. When we we lost to the Impact, but when that game was over. I was like, wow, that, that was a good football game. Not so much a women's football game. It was an awesome back-and-forth good football game. I mean, they jumped out on us 20 to nothing. It was 20 to nothing. And then uh, we scored twice before halftime. Then we ended up getting a pick six and uh, scored again. And then we were winning 30 to 26 with, like, two minutes left in the game. They scored, and then we got the ball back, went right back down, and got as far as I think it was like the 10, 15-yard line or something like that, and our our receiver caught it and then dropped it when she hit the ground. That would have, put it, it would have been first and 10 on the three- or four-yard line going in with about a minute left, and she dropped it, and we ended up losing. So at the end of the day, they just made more plays than we did. But I will say this, there's been some awesome football. Win, lose, or draw, there's been some great football played this year here in Texas. So excited about what the future holds for us. Um, excited about mixing it up this Saturday with the uh, elite Mustangs and excited about just kind of really just see how these playoffs uh, turn out and see what these girls can do for the energy. Hopefully we can bring one back home to Houston this year.
0: Now, uh, Coach Brian, um, the, the the whole swing there has improved. I mean, Arlington at another level uh, within the last three years. They have really stepped up their game, to your point. And that's a benchmark right there locally because you got a, a really good team in D1. If you can compete with that, you're good. Now, let's talk about Nevada. Last year, um, you guys, you know, obviously not. there's no strangers there. It was a great, great matchup as well uh, in terms of the Nevada uh, Nevada matchup. And you guys have met Nevada before, I think, in the IWFL, if I'm correct on my notes. So, no strangers yeah. there.
2: Yeah, in so, yeah. In 2018, we ended up playing them in the championship, and we beat them uh, for the championship in 2018. And they got their retribution last year in the playoffs. Man, they, they they got a solid team, and you can look at Nevada from back in 18 when we played them, and fast forward to today, they're it's night and day. But they, but at the end of the at the end of the day, you got some awesome coaches over there. They got a good program. They got some girls who are willing to do what they need to do. To get better, and they've gotten better, and they're they're a team to reckon. I mean, they get after it, uh, and we lost a tough one in Nevada last year too. I think it was like what 14 to six or mm-hmm. yeah, 14 to six. We lost a tough one, man, and we we played horrible. But I'm sure we played horrible offensively, probably because of their defense. We got to give them some credit, and they probably made us play uh, not so good, but. Again, at the end of the day, they made more plays than we did. They came out with a victory, and then they went up and won the championship. Man, they got a, a very good organization. And you can say the same thing about the impact. The impact used to – we used to beat them by 40 or 50 points, um, but each year they, they stayed steady. And, man, they're, they're – last year we lost to them by a couple points. The year before, every time we play the impact, it comes down to the very end. I think two years ago, a year and a half, yeah, last year or the year I can't remember. Two years ago, they won on the last play of the game, and uh, so yeah, man, it, it's some awesome football. And these are the types of games that you love coaching in, coaching in, and you also love playing in. I mean, you have to really watch film. You got to study. Um, the players got to watch film. The coaches have to watch film. So I want to make sure that I call the the right plays at the right times. And when you play a team like a Nevada, a mile high. An impact. You have to study as a coach. You have to study as a player, and come prepared. And uh, know situations and know what you're going to call in these situations because it, you know, during the game, man, everything happens so fast. So you have to be mentally prepared as a coach. And those are the games that you you absolutely love to coach in because it's going to challenge you. So
4: loving it yeah, this year. Yeah, and it's a key.
0: I think more because of the pandemic, a lot of players did take ownership of more fitness, um, being more ready, mm-hmm. uh, game planning, studying. Uh, I think the change right there, uh, I, that's what I hear from a lot, of, a lot of the players, that you know they got that one year of really just chalk talk with, in certain instances, and they became a lot of better positional players. And I think that was missing in a lot of ways in terms yeah. of the women's game, because you don't have that luxury like you do like in an NFL or a college scene type mentality, but you were able to give like a one season off and I think a lot of players took advantage and, and really hone their
2: skills. You know, I think I think that's a good assessment. I think a lot of the, the ladies missed it. And a lot of times you take things for granted. You may not work out as hard, you may not study as hard until it's taken away from you. So, you mm-hmm. know, we can season and you're like wow you know we should be playing somewhere this week. But what that allowed us to do as a coaching staff was not so much disconnect, but let's let's learn, let's do some X's and O's, let's do some chalk talk, let's uh, you know mm-hmm. do do what we can do via Zoom calls to help you become a smarter football player. You know, a lot of times um, the women are at a disadvantage from the men because you know we've been playing football from literally you know literally junior high, high school, college, and then the pros if you if you're fortunate to go to the pros. But you know a lot of these ladies don't get that tutelage, don't get the years and years and years of coaching. So the pandemic year was uh, a good year for just learning, becoming a a smarter football player, having a higher football IQ. So this is what we're thinking. You know, what's cover one? What's cover two? What's cover three? Um, And then they just, again, they appreciated the game. They didn't realize how much they missed it. A lot of us take it for granted until it's taken away. So a lot of them either busted their butt Became smarter football players, had a better football IQ, got in shape, and were ready to rock and roll this year. But I will say this: we've had a couple that went in the opposite direction <laughs> and uh, didn't seem to push away from the table, and they're they're sucking wind this year. But um, they're working hard, so uh, we'll we'll take them as they come.
0: Now, coach, <laughs> your brand, your branding, uh, your organization—one of the staple teams in terms of the WFA. In a lot of regards even before the WFA in terms of the IWFL, um, you know you had to you obviously have had players in the past legendary players you know Jen Walter and some of the Dallas mm-hmm. Diamonds some of the elite Spartans that are currently over in the yep. WNFC some of those players have were able to play with you for a season or two and make an make an impact as well in terms of your program so um, it, it's it's you know what it speaks a lot about how you're able to keep this program, you know, year, year in, year out, but competitive because there's teams sometimes that just cannot do that. You know, they, they, they fall off completely one year or they're kind of, you know, semi-great the next year, and then all of a sudden they kind of burst into a good year. But you guys have been able to kind of maintain somewhat of a, you know, stable nucleus uh, at the same time, able to stay relevant in terms of a playoff, you know, chase or into a playoff mode. So it speaks a lot about your coaching staff, I think, and it also speaks about some of the, like you said, the uh, T-team, the in terms of fundamentals absolutely. or getting
2: players up to speed, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm big on continuity, and I've had some of the girls. And, and it's not surprising that the elite Spartans are killing it like they are. I mean, they. I was blessed to have them come play with the energy for a year. And they they drove down every Friday, and we practiced on Saturdays and Sundays, and they left Sunday evening. But they're just they're a different breed up there. And they, uh, they take this very seriously. And I think when they came down that season, it, uh, it took a lot of girls here locally and, and Houston back, But it let us know what we need to do to be, you know, successful. Um, I believe in, like I said, continuity. So I've had the same coaches for year over year, it's the same coaches. We don't have a lot of turnover as far as the coaching staff is concerned. But we don't have a specific scheme We may, you know, some people want to run the spread. Some people want to run them double wing and they are dead set on running that scheme, but you may not have the athletes to run it. So we don't actually have a scheme that we are just dead set on. We kind of go with the talent that we have. If we can pass a little more then Hey, we're going to pass. If we have to do ground and pound, we'll do ground and pound. But I think to stay relevant as coaches, we have to assess our talent and be honest and transparent with ourselves. And, you know, I'd love to say, you know, each year you want to shoot for the Super Bowl, but you have to be honest with yourself. And, you know, I played NFL receiver. So of course I want to pass 95% of the time, but if, if I don't have the talent to pass, it's, it's it's fruitless to to try to pass all the time. So you just got to kind of assess your players, assess our strength. Um, My coach, one of my coaches, when I was coming up, always said, if you, uh, you'll never go broke if you get a profit, it may not be as pretty, but you're, you're gaining yards, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. So, to me, it doesn't matter. Um, I just believe it's, it's 100% um, putting the players in the best positions to be successful. I'm not going to put, you know, some, uh, somebody out at receiver if they're, if they're slow and they're not as fast and not as quick. So, I got to put them where they need to be to be successful. And it's worked for us in the past. we come with an open, open mind and a, and a clean slate. We have uh, coaches meetings and we just put our players where we think uh, they'll be good at. And um, it's worked. It's worked over the years, man. We can't, there's no egos here. Um, if if our quarterback is one of the better DBs then she'll play DB if necessary, I, I, I cringe because of injuries, but you know, you just got to do what you have to do. And we have to kind of buy into the team concept. And if we win the championship, regardless of what role you play on the team, your ring is no bigger than the next person. So, Every, everybody's job is important and you got to get everybody on a team to buy into that and, you know, you know, all row in the same direction. And we've had some, been blessed to have some awesome players along the way and every good team that you, you, you have, you have internal leadership. The coach can say what the coach says that you got to have the internal leadership to kind of check the players when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, push away from the table, don't drink as much or don't drink at all. You know you gotta you gotta have that internal leadership in order to be successful. Because the coaches can say what they say, but when everybody leaves practice and goes their separate ways, we don't hang out with them on the weekend, so we don't know what they do. But as long as you have that that chemistry, that team atmosphere, and you have your internal leadership, things tend to uh, to go in the right direction. And and we've been successful um, over the years, and uh, it's just been a blessing. I've had some great leaders great coaches and uh, some great players and uh, it's uh it's it's paid dividends throughout the years I'm blessed
0: all right i'm <laughs> going to tell you this right now uh coach um the dc divas do a really good job of doing like a hall of fame i would suggest that the energy mm-hmm. go back and backtrack you know 10 years of energy ball and start basically giving uh those awards yeah. as well yep. because it's deserving especially with your organization is has done so well over the over the past years and it just it it would be nice to just recognize all those uh, amazing talented players that obviously got you some wins and got you some you know some playoff battles and stuff like that um we have uh, a couple players that you know we, we just go by stats and we go by uh, obviously game film but overall I mean Kara Haynes just killing it at receiver and on and and running back you got your quarterback just doing her thing uh also as well so, uh, you know, what, what, do you, what do you say about Christina and Kara here this year? That, And they're putting you guys on the map here, especially in D2. Uh, you guys have played some really good competition overall. I think Massey's going to probably put you at the number two rank at this point as, as we stand right now. So, um, you know, those two players have been key so far in terms of a stat sheet. Uh, obviously, offensively, you guys have
2: a, a pretty decent offensive line as well. Yeah. You know, Christina <laughs> – She's a phenomenal quarterback, and Carr is a phenomenal running back slash receiver slash quarterback slash Swiss Army Knife, whatever we need her at. But for the most part, I talk about that internal leadership, and um, Christina Jacobs is, is a good human being. She's a coach. She coaches softball. Her team, uh, they're actually in the state playoffs right now here in Texas. So she's, uh, she missed our game last week because she, was, she had a game on Saturday to coach. But she knows what it takes. She 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 can look at it from the coach's perspective, and she's like a a second you know second or third fourth fifth coach on the sidelines, man. She's uh, uh, she not only talks it, she preaches she preaches it. Plus, she actually does it. She's it's not do as I say it's do as talk I about, do.
4: Um, talk about a
0: benefit, Coach Brian, to have a field general
2: <laughs> at the helm. Yeah. It's
0: very rare yeah. in women's soccer football to have you know a Cahill like player, you know what I mean, or at least a Horton like player. An Ali Hamlin player, you know, that can actually yeah, make just, adjustments and that kind of stuff. So that's a, that's a bonus, right? That's to a
2: coach. Man, one hundred percent. When you have, I'm not gonna lie. We we played the uh, Zodico and I have the utmost respect for the owner Mia Mia Ben. Um, but I will I will not lie. When I knew my quarterback wasn't gonna be there, I had some anxiety. We you know we should have won that game. We did win the game but i i had a <laughs> I had some anxiety just knowing that she's not going to be there and uh sure she uh she makes things happen um she does a lot of things uh unrehearsed on the field, and it makes me look good like i I called that <laughs> so yeah exactly. like when she sees things, she does it, and i said what what were you thinking?" Coach, I didn't want to say anything. I just did it. And I always tell them, hey, whatever you see, do it. But if you go off script, it better work. And uh, so more times than not, she's went off script and it's worked. So um, at this point, we've been together for four or five years now. She was there in 2000. I think 2000, no, 2017 was her first year. I think she missed a year somewhere in there because of uh, coaching. But we've been together for, you know, four or five years now. So I trust her. Um, she's not going to just talk to talk. She's going to walk the walk. She's going to, sure. she's going to get that extra work in. She's going to get that film study. in. I remember probably about three or four weeks ago, she came over to my house to watch film and you know, I'm, I'm a film junkie. <laughs> I had to kick her out of my house. I'm like, Hey, it's uh, 1130. I, I need to go to bed. I got to go to work. <laughs> but she was, we're sitting there just grinding, watching the film, watching tendencies, doing different things, man. But she's a student of the game, man. And I tell you, man, she makes me look good. Probably, uh, 99% of the time, and she makes my – when I call a bad play, she'll turn that bad play into a good play. Or, Coach, didn't mean this. He meant this. Let's do this. And I'll say, why did you do that? Well, Coach, we can't run it from this formation. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, good job. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, it's, you it, know what? We
0: have If it's, a, if, if it's uh-huh. a situation where there's an audible situation, you know, like you said, let's rock with it, right? <laughs> the worst-case scenario would be it turns into a, a mess <laughs> And they all know the mess. Absolutely. But if it works, absolutely if it works good. like you said, hey, I'm all good, right? Beer for everybody. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Man. We run these RPOs, and I mean, she's just—you can draw it up and 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 write it and, and, and do Zoom calls, but until you actually get out there and and do it during the, during some live when some live bullets are flying and, and during the game, and she just she just gets it. She just understands, and uh, yeah. I mean, she wants to be here. It, it, it tears her apart because she misses some practices. Because you know, especially now they're in the playoffs. They they won last week. They have a one game series um, Thursday. Sure. So if they win, they continue. If they lose, they're they're done. Um, so we're gonna go out there and support her Thursday, and uh, hopefully they win, man. But um, field general, you can't you can't uh, understate that more than anything because she uh, she makes me look good 99% of the time. All right, Coach. She knows um, what I'm thinking. She knows what I'm thinking.
0: Go ahead. So, of course, I mean, like I said, there's a relationship building there, right? Um, it's the, Every every coaching quarterback has that. And if you have a good relationship, the playbook works somewhat. Like you said, 90% of the time it's successful, if not, you know, 99% of the time successful. And it's a chemistry, you know. Key. And that's the hard part, right? All the way – all some of the teams don't have that. And you can tell right off the bat when you play those teams that there's obviously nothing there or – you know, you're throwing a just a rookie to the to the wolves, as they say, and and you already know yeah. what you're going to feast on for the rest of the game. As an example, so uh, it's crazy. Yeah, but um, yep. I, all yep. I can say is you guys are up there. Um, you know, she's ranked number two, I think, right now in the passing rankings. You got Kara, a number also in the in the rankings uh, on in terms of the stat sheet through week six. So you know, credit the, them too as well. Plus, obviously, your offensive line, as we talked about earlier, and then the defense. You know, keeping it somewhat real as well. Um anticipation for are you cringing when the Massey's come out? Cuz every coach in the WFA cringes. Like where are they going to set me up and where am I headed? Pretty much.
2: They they that, that's what I cringe. Like where where are we headed. <laughs> so yeah. um yeah, I, I to this day I still don't quite get Massey. Um so hey, you we'll and let the together. And I've today. been covering this for like 10 years. <laughs> And I said, yeah. "What are we
0: doing? How does this work?"
4: <laughs> so yeah,
2: <laughs> so you know, we'll, we'll let the cards fall where they may. Hopefully, it would be great to have some home games. It would be if we have to travel, we'll travel. We'll do what we need to do, man. But I tell you, we're gonna we're gonna put our best foot forward, and hopefully, uh, end up some cha- end up champions this year. Hopefully, bring a trophy home to Houston.
0: I mean, the road <clears throat> to Canton uh, obviously is a is a really contested battle. Uh, you got New York, who just resurfaced. Uh, from, you know, yeah. being out for so long. You got Danielle Ayala out there in, in New York. Uh, you got Kimberly you saw live over in Malahai. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got, to, yep. you know, kind of looking at that. Um, you got a couple other players that are, are kind of relevant in, in terms of, you know, the scheme for some of the top two top D2 teams out there. Baltimore as well uh, with Lauren uh, vet, vet talk. Uh But, you know, there's, there's just a couple quarterbacks there. D2 is going to be interesting to see where everybody kind of, you know, shuffles in. And who becomes the next Nevada, right? That's literally what we're looking for right now. It's like who's going to become the next Nevada, who's going to you know go to that yeah. next level. Yeah,
2: Nevada. It's it's amazing what they've done from Division three champions, Division two champions, and man, it, it, it's going to be tough, but I think they can do it. They have a they have a unique system and a unique offense, and you 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 you. We've never played against anything like them, and it, it, I mean, they give you so many different looks, and they're pulling here, running here, take it over here, go over here, man. It's um, they got a they got a nice. I think they yeah, their offense is a lot of film study, puts a lot of a lot of uh, thought, a lot of things in a defensive coordinator's head, gives you a lot to think about, and uh, they execute so flawlessly. I mean, everybody's stepping left, everybody's stepping right. I mean, everybody. You, they fake the, you know, they act like they're faking the toss, and I mean everybody, they just they just operate so seamlessly, and it's a, it's a, it's beautiful to watch, to be honest with you. Even it's, it's a, when we're it's playing, watching A ballet, watching the a ballet
0: uh, situation in football. <laughs> like my coach used yeah. to say, yeah. when everybody when everybody yeah. you know does their thing, it's a ballet, you know. Everybody's in, in, in stride and everything's great. Um, coach, I mean they, you know they took down Cali War like a year ago. Uh, they've battled Cali War like neck and neck, like to your point with you and Arlington as an example. Um, it's just, yep. you know, they 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 just I guess welcome the challenge, right? I mean, some teams just like you said they want to go to that next level and they want to challenge themselves at the higher level, and uh, that makes yep. everything the coaching staff better. It makes the team, like you said, the open open the eyes for the team, right? Because a lot of the players are going to contribute in different ways, and you got a closer games down to the wire. Uh, it, it's like you said, it's more schematic and a lot of the players have to think that way too. And it, it's tough, right?
2: Yeah, man. They, uh, they, they're, they're seamless in their execution. And just to see what they've done over the, the last couple of years, man, it's, it's a sight to see. You can only, you know, hope that you can be half as good as what they're doing. Um, they played Cali. Uh, they, then they beat Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. Yes, they didn't. Or yeah, they they beat Minnesota and yeah, Minnesota was in the championship last year. So um, now, didn't they lose Brian, the,
0: War? the Minnesota suit? game? Reminded me of that Atlanta, you know, New England Atlanta comeback in a lot of ways. <laughs> they were down like twenty six <laughs> to six. Remember, uh, yep. man. Yep. I talk about Matty Ice just being on the sideline, just not doing it. You yeah. can't do anything, right? That's right. uh, so literally what yep. happened with Nevada. There, I mean. Uh, uh, granted, Minnesota got injured. You know, you got no Cooper. You had a couple of injuries on the receivers. So, you know, but, you know, bottom line is it, those are the breaks, and they got some of the breaks, and they were they able to take advantage of it and actually punch one in.
2: Yep, it's football, man. And, and the beautiful thing about this is, again, that is good football. Nice mm-hmm. game. It's not a about it was good football, and people are – whoever's there watching is on the edge of their seats wondering what the heck is going to happen, you know, and – Um, that's good for women's football. It doesn't matter what league it is. Um, when we can put competitive games out there, it it just, it more eyes need to watch women's football and, you know, these girls can play. And as soon as we, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams in all both leagues that, that play some good ball. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing when two teams go at it and they play a back and forth game. And, uh, Again, there you go. It's scheme. It's chess. You know, this coach right. over here I got is one trying question. to figure out what they're going to do.
0: One question that was submitted uh, from our uh, fans on our Facebook page. Um, coach Brian, will you go to the WNFC? Is there a thought process to go to the WNFC?
2: Um, you know, initially when, when, the, when the WNFC, uh, WNFC started, I, I'm not opposed to the WNFC, it just, um, I had, was already speaking to the WFA and sure. the WFA has been awesome. And I've just, you know, I've kind of got a home here now. Um, they already have a, a, a team, uh, in Houston in the WNFC. I guess they could, it could hold two teams, but, um, you know, I guess I'll cross that bridge when it comes But right now, I'm a hundred percent happy in the, in the WFA. They, they, Lisa is treating me great. I've loved the transition. And, uh, we're playing some good football, man. We got, I think we got some fish to fry here first. We got to win a, w- sure. uh, a division two championship. I'd love to win the D- division one championship. And if we do that, then, um, then I'd look for, you know, maybe a, a different challenge. But right now I still got sure. some, some fish to fry here in the WFA.
0: So there you go. The, the uh, question answered guys. So thanks for submitting that question. And you got coach Brian Wiggins here. Just give you the answer. So, uh, We might see the energy at some point, like like you said, you know, right? Time will tell. Yes, sir. As with anything in women's tackle football, time will tell. Um, Coach, I really appreciate you making the time for me. Uh, It's an honor to talk to you. Uh, Really awesome, legendary franchise as well in terms of women's tackle football, in terms of historical sense. And you guys have put a a, a really good program year in, year out. Your program's always been very competitive, uh, playoff caliber type of, uh, you know, franchise. And uh, I think, uh, you know what, we we got you in here for that. And uh, I really appreciate you giving us all the insights as well with the Nevada feel for it as well. So uh, wish you well here in the next uh, two weeks. Uh, Should be able to uh, figure out where the WFA brackets show up here, but I'm pretty sure your your team will be up there as
2: well. Awesome. Man, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, You got an awesome podcast, man. And if, if I can ever do anything in the future, let me know. Would love to come on again if time permits, but man, keep, keep up the great work. And again, thanks for having me on today. Appreciate it.
0: Uh, always welcome coach. Uh, Wiggins, we just get, let me know when you want to come on and I'm uh, l- looking forward to chatting always football, right? Everybody wants to chat football, especially with chat women's football. So, uh, thank you again, uh, continue success here in the next two weeks, uh, injury free, hopefully. And, uh, you know, shout out to your quarterback and to your running back and the whole offensive line, they're making it happen in, in, uh, the Houston energy. So, uh, as they stay down south i was
2: told go energy there you go <laughs> thank you sir y'all have an awesome rest of the day man i'll be listening to listening into the other part of the podcast so take care guys appreciate it thank you coach brian Appreciate get uh-huh. it yes sir bye-bye bye bye
0: Right. right guys that was uh, coach brian wiggins uh head coach of the houston energy also uh just just getting it done and uh, needed to bring them in here because they were like number two ranked in the WFA and uh, we got to give them a spotlight here. A uh, really good program over the years, every year, year in, year out, whether they make the playoffs or not, they're right there on the cuffs of making the playoffs. And when they do make the playoffs, they really are very competitive in terms of schemes, in terms of the game. So, you know, a uh, shout out to him, shout out to uh, all his players out there. And uh, can't wait to see where they're going to land in terms of the WFA bracket. So, Awesome. Uh, we're going to go into the next uh, interview of, in the Monkey Knife Fight Huddle, and that we're going to be talking to the talented Adriana Gutierrez of the San Diego Rebellion, the uh, nine-cup runners-up, and they are looking to go back uh, to face the elite Spartans as we speak today. So uh, the undefeated rebellion is what we need to say. So let's bring in Adriana here in a, in a second
3: is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in america you get fun easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players monkey night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to fifty dollars
0: don't forget guys go to monkey night Fight. use the code njf supports our podcast get a five dollar free play uh, you can if you're uh, more inclined to go more or less you can do nba mma uh, nfl in the fall if you get it right, you get make $15 on our $5 free play. So check it out, monkeyknifefight.com. Use the code NJF. Let's bring in the talented top running back in the WNFC as well, and that is the Rebellion's Adriana Gutierrez. Adriana, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing good, Oscar. How are you?
0: How are we doing, 27? I think uh, we're, we're, we're gearing up, I, I would say, for the uh, playoffs here, the nine-cup chase once again uh, looking to to Texas.
1: Yes, absolutely. We're looking forward to it.
0: How how has the season gone so far, uh, Adriana, from last year? I mean, uh take us through the downswing of losing to Texas and then the off-season to 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 get to this grind again, to go through this 8 weeks and it looks like you guys have done some adjustments and I mean, this this offense Uh, I don't know about you, but when you watch it on Vire Sports yourself, uh, you add Regina Escoto on top of that this season. Uh, I mean, uh, it's like a dual backfield. Not that, you know, you weren't the focus, but now it's like a double threat.
1: Absolutely. Um, Yes. Last year, we (laughs) lost to Texas in the championship game, and um, it hurt. You know, that pain is still there. It's something that is kind of embedded in all of our heads and um, we won't forget that pain. And so going into off season training, we individually and as a unit just worked really hard, was in the weight room and um, started preparing for the season pretty, pretty early on. And um, this year just feels a lot more organized, a lot more um, just intense and um just focusing on details and every game it's you know we're we're trying to get better every game the ultimate goal is to win somehow some way find a way to win and i think that we proved that last game when we played vegas they they gave us a really good look and um we came out with the win and that was our goal and then um yeah our offense is just every game just getting better progressing and the growth and the development is there and then you have regina who's from mexico and she's come out and she's just a force you know to be reckoned with and we both give each other some good relief time it keeps us both fresh and um so no matter who's in the game we can you know our teammates our coaches um i think they believe they have a lot of belief in us that we'll we'll find a way to get the job done
0: now, Adriana, last year, you guys get to face uh, the Spartans uh, literally on a different level. The first time you face the Spartans, I'm told by everybody, there's a little bit of intimidation. Once the game kicks off, now you get to see the reality of it and you're able to make some adjustments. But what do you take away the game against Texas in terms of, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, okay, we could have done this different and we probably could have done, you know, better in terms of a, you know, of a scoring outspit. But overall, I think when you take away – The first look, because you're in the West, you don't get to see them twice a year, as an example. You only get to see them about one time, as an example, in the final. So it's kind of tough to kind of, I guess you want to say, scope them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Last year, it was a a lot of our first time being in a championship game. Um, There aren't too many of our teammates or players who um, have won a championship ring, and so I believe that the, we were intimidated. Um, we could have come in more prepared. And um, we didn't execute our game plan um, like we had planned for it. And um, you're right, we don't get to face them in the regular season. So the only thing we have is our scout film. And um, so that's a little tough, you know. But um, I think that it a, was a learning experience. And I think we learned a lot playing Texas. I mean, just playing that one game, I feel like I learned more in that one game about the progress that I needed to make as a running back um, than the whole season, you know. So I think that we are going to be more prepared going into playoffs and um, more determined and motivated than ever.
0: Adriana, how are you keeping yourself healed up? Is this the two-back system really working for you, you know, between, like you said, uh, relieving between you and and Regina. I mean, you guys are literally almost on the same type of feel in terms of running backs. I mean, you got speed, you got burst. uh, You you guys are able to open up the lanes and and really take advantage of some of the gaps. So, uh, you know, in terms of, like, this season, when you watch film, I I think you guys uh, offensively are more potent than you were last year.
1: Yeah, that's good to hear. Thank you for saying that. Um, Last year... I was on every special teams unit. I was on, you know, getting every snap of the ball. And so, I mean, I love it. Like, I will keep pushing through any any injury, any pain. Um, I did struggle with some um, injuries last year, um, but I just kept pushing, you know. So definitely having Regina here with us on the San Diego Rebellion is – is amazing. We um, we both are very fresh, and um, like last year, I was pretty banged up, um, and this year it's been you know knock on wood it's been it's been a good ride. We've definitely like I said just been very fresh and eager to get on the field and supporting each other, and it's been amazing to be playing with her.
0: Yeah, I know, and the two set back really uh, it's a different dimension for you guys. Because I know last year, when we were looking at it, everything went through Ninji, And at some point, you know, mm-hmm. you, were, you were down and you were not able to, you know, function in terms of offense. So it was all really basically on her shoulders. This year, it seems like she can make the crucial plays when needs to be made. But in terms of, like, you know, you get the kickoff and you guys are on the first and third downs and, and going through the, the motions in terms of getting to the end zone, it, it's just a, nice to see yourself, uh, like you said, and Regina kind of blend in as well on certain, certain downs. Um, offensively, I think the offensive line has done a way better job than they did last year. Um, and I, you know, if yeah. you look at them film, you you guys have burst, you guys are edges. Uh, you guys are taking advantage of a lot of the things that, uh, some of these other teams are giving you and all these wins, um, Adriana have not come easy in the West. And it's like, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that the West is literally battle tested almost eight weeks. And so it's tough yeah. to be fresh for, for that ninth week, you know, in terms of the playoffs, and then you try to get into the finals. So by the time you get to the finals, it, it seems like, yeah, you, if you're in the West, you've already been crushed and battled. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We definitely I feel like are a triple threat right now with um, Regina in, with myself in, and Ninji too, like, you have to plan for that. We all three can run the ball, and um, we are all hungry for, you know, getting fighting for inches is what I like to say is, you know, we're not going to go down without a fight. We're going to keep going and going until until we're down, you know, and then we're going to get right back up. Um, but our, as far as our O-line, man, I have never been a part of a team where my O-line is as invested as they are right now. These girls, they work so hard. They communicate so well. Um, they just strive for perfection. And I hear it. I see it. And they're putting the work in in their playbooks. Um, they have their own, you know, offensive line Zoom meetings that they attend. And um, they're just really, you know, they shine, we shine. And so I really clap it up to them because they just keep going and um, they're grinding.
0: Joanna, hey, the battle of Las Vegas, I think that is the rivalry for the rebellion. Not to discredit Los Angeles, not to discredit Seattle and all them, but uh Deion Lee uh out there in Vegas, I mean, they they probably have you guys on a dartboard. You know what I mean? They 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 want yes. that that win against San Diego, the test against San Diego is an example. So it's gonna be tough. Uh, this whole uh playoff mode for you guys um because you guys are obviously the you know the Pacific champs everybody's basically eyeing to take you guys down in the first round as an example you get through here next week uh the week of the 21st you guys are taking on the the legends and they would love nothing more than to give you a blemish for the year and then go into the playoffs that way but uh you know it's going to be a, a kind of a battle of southern california and that's become a little bit of a uh, you know we need that rivalry too not just the vegas rivalry but the the southern cal rivalry too so it's uh, it's nice to see that.
1: Yeah, it is. And you know, I don't think a lot of people credit for the wet uh the west for how many good teams we have on the west, you know, side um every team, I mean, just being a part of the WNFC in general, um the the growth of the WNFC and the development um is just making it, It's it's as as a po- how do I say this? Um, their growth and development helps us as players grow and develop, and so teams are working harder. Teams are gunning for us. You know, they are scouting us, like you said, to a T, and so we know people are coming for us, and um, if they get better, we get better. You know, every game we both help each other, and that's the, that's ultimately what we want from women's football is to just keep showing the world, like, look how close these games are. Like, that's a game. Those are women playing football, you know, and so that's the main goal.
0: Now let's go on the other side before, you know, I know we're interviewing you, but let's just give credit where credit is due. Uh, whatever you guys are feeding or not feeding this defense, I mean, they are just been monsters even from last year through uh, almost four weeks in, uh, besides the 21 points given up in, in Vegas at, out of the whole year. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, you know, if you guys are keeping the cookies away from them, they're definitely, you know, not happy.
1: Not happy. Yes, our defense is stacked. We are so lucky to have so many um, players on our defense that that they either coach or they've been playing for a very long time now. So they know what they're doing and they're not afraid to play with some, you know, attitudes and funk. And um, they just go out there and they are so determined um, to, and, and not just our our, play, our teammates, but our coaches too. Um, they really have been working hard at practice and they want zeros on the board because, you know, there's a lot of people who think that our last, last year, our run to the championship was kind of a fluke. And so I think that they have really taken that, you know, that this roll on of being a, a dominant defensive team. Uh, and, um, they've just been riding with it. And so they are amazing and, um, we're really lucky to. To um, be playing with them, you know, offense and defense, we've just been complementing each other, and they put us in great position most of the time to get in the red zone, and so we couldn't do it with without our defense.
0: All right, well, you got the Nugent clan, you got Tyler, you got uh, Austin Bean out there, uh, just uh, just a lot of uh, angry people on that side (laughs) that do not like to give up scoring. You know what I mean?
1: No. (laughs) No, they're hungry, and that's what you want from your, from your teammates. You want them to be on the field and, you know, trust that they're going to get the job done, and that's what they do. And, you know, like, like I said, we want zeros on the board, but the ultimate goal is to always find a way to win. And so they just have high expectations for themselves, and um, they're doing the job.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, Austin is doing great on the receiving end. you got uh, Ebony Chambers. Uh, yourself at times contributing on ter- in terms of the passing game as well, so it's been kind of a blend. Um, you got Katie Ott involved as well there, um, so just you know, just a bunch of a uh, mixture. But your team really has flourished this year, I think, in, in a lot of ways. Where you look at film and uh, every game, every quarter, uh, you know the red zones improved. You guys have been able to put points up. Uh, it's just it's just a, a nice uh, season so far. So hopefully it accumul- uh, com- uh, culminates in, in Texas, right?
1: Sorry, what was that?
0: So hopefully uh, you guys can be able to, you know, punch it in in Texas.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, we're we're getting ready for that, you know, championship run. And um, like you said, we have a lot of really good players um, offensively, and we are just improving in the passing game. Our running game is improving. And so we're excited. We're very hungry.
0: Yeah, no, and uh, Brandon's done a good job, uh, you know, taking ownership of last year. Really, uh, uh, you know, fine-tuning the team here, the addition, the international additions. We didn't even talked about. Uh, I think it's Meloxos, if I'm correct on. Um, is it Melissa or Melina. I'm sorry, Melina Meloxos. Melina. Um, yeah, yeah, from overseas as well. So um, you guys got like kind of a little international backfield there as well, including yourself. So triple threat in a lot of ways. Um, so that's great. Um, so looking forward to this weekend. Uh, we are looking at the legends this weekend, Adriana. So any insights you can give our fans and how this will turn into a W for the Rebellion?
1: Um, no insight just yet. You know, we, we, we do a good job at scouting. Our coaches really help us, um, you know, prepare. We get scouting reports and we watch Zoom. Um, and, you know, I'm in the car right now. We have practice a little later on tonight. So I'm sure we'll hear the rundown about how we're preparing for L.A., what adjustments will be made. And um, like I said, just finding a way to get a win, finish the season undefeated is what we plan to do.
0: Now uh, on the other flip side, um, your family gets to see you live. They got to see you live last year. Now they get to see you live but more fresh. So uh, how's that experience for the family in terms of watching you just ball out?
1: They love it. They come to every game. They're supporting me. They also, um, you know, grandma and my aunts and uncles and cousins, they actually came out, flew out to Seattle to watch a game because I have some family from Oregon. So, um, they made that drive and, um, they, they've been amazing. I, I, they've just been so supportive of me and, um, Anything I need, you know, I talk football all the time with my dad. I talk I talk his ear off sometimes, and he's just been so great with me and helping me, um, you know, just giving me confidence and motivating me and encouraging me. So um, I'm so lucky to have them.
0: That's good to hear because, uh, you know, that's the nucleus sometimes in terms of uh, getting, uh, you know, motivated on a weekly basis, uh, especially when you have injuries, it's even a lot more, uh, you know, impactful to have that support system. Um, Adriana, we didn't talk about your background, but is football, was it always this, or did you start in, you know, what other sport did you play before, you know, you, you got onto this, the rebellion squad?
1: So um, I grew up playing soccer. I've um, been playing soccer since I was four, and that's pretty much been my main sport. I, um, As I got into high school, I ran track as well. Um, I did a year of t-ball when I was younger, a year of basketball, but pretty much it's been soccer has been my main sport, my first love. Um, It wasn't until um, my sophomore year in college that I found out about women's football from another former teammate um, who I used to play soccer with. And so I tried out in 2017 for the San Diego Rebellion and, I mean, sorry, excuse me, the San Diego Surge and, um, I've just been hooked ever since I've had really big dreams for myself since day one and really have just been a student of this game. This game has definitely not, it's not been easy for me. I, I wouldn't say that I have, you know, there's players out there that just have natural talent. And, um, this game has been very hard on me physically and mentally, but, um, I've stayed with it and, um, you know, I think it's showing.
0: No, for sure. I mean, you're uh, very talented overall and, uh your highlights are obviously proof right there. Um, it's just, you know, it's been transitioned, right? Uh, feed shows in there because, you know, from your soccer days, it literally shows on there when you start bursting, uh, when you start getting into the gaps and really getting those big chunks of yardage. Um, so it's a, you know, a credit to you to just, you know, like you said, uh, stay on it and and really, uh, you know, focus on it and study it and and things like that. Um, what do you say of the the playoff picture here? Um, we got one more week. You get LA, and then we get into the playoffs. Uh, we don't know if you'll 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 face Vegas. We have no idea what Utah and Oregon game is going to be out this this next week. It's a crucial matchup right there, Utah Oregon. We could see Oregon get maybe get in. Uh, so the playoffs now the scenarios are starting to like you know get your popcorn ready right because you have no what no idea what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, you know, um, so far we've just been expecting to play. Um, Utah the first round of playoffs and then either Vegas or Denver the second round but Oregon is doing really well and you know they might they might squeeze in and so um, whoever we're going to play for we we'll, we're I, I have full faith in our coaching staff um, they'll get us prepared we're really lucky that we'll actually be hosting um, the playoff weekend here in San Diego so that helps us just we don't have to travel like we did last year um, and so we'll just I think we'll have a lot more time to prepare and um, our bodies will be rested. Luckily, we've had, you know, bye weeks during the most like probably the most crucial times when we need a bye week the most. So I think we're feeling pretty fresh right now. We're excited. And um, yeah, I can't wait.
0: Well, we can't wait to watch you on Vire Sports uh, this coming weekend, uh, taking on the L.A. Legends, uh, your rebellion squad. Going full bore here, get the W, finish up the season strong. Then we're looking at the playoffs. So, Adriana, I really appreciate you making the time and uh, getting back to me and set up the interview and quickly. I uh, really appreciate you. Uh, we are excited to see what your rebellion is going to do in terms of the playoff picture. Looking forward to maybe one more time, get a crack at the 9 Cup.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Oscar, for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks again, Uh Safe travels. Have a great, uh, you know, practice tonight. And uh, looking forward to this weekend against uh, the LA Legends.
1: Yes, us too, Oscar. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You too. Have a good one.
0: All right, guys. that the, the talented Adriana Gutierrez of the San Diego Rebellion, as they're going to be taking on the Los Angeles Legends here this next coming week. Uh, what a matchup that's going to be. Uh, looking forward to a W from Rebellion. Uh, LA, you know, has played tougher the last three weeks. I'm pretty sure they would love to give the Rebellion their first, uh, you know, loss of the season. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, let's bring in the Oracle of Women's Soccer Football, and that would be the Backseat Coach, Mark Simone. Uh, Mark, Adriana, ready for the Legends? Uh, legends looking for an upset, trying to give that blemish Rebellion their first loss of the season before the
4: playoffs. I love to hear it. Yeah, um, I think they're ready. I think they're going to take care of the legends, but I think you know legends are going to put up a good fight. You know, they're they're not a bad team. They're um, probably not. You know, they're not in the playoff picture, uh, but a big win could <laughs> could help their cause. So I'm looking forward to that one.
0: Yeah, and I think if you're Los Angeles, right, you got nothing to lose, right, Mark? It's just a, let's tr- try to take down this. This, this team that is ready to hold, go into the playoffs. So, uh, but, they, you know, they're talented, Mark. Uh, like I just said to her, Regina, they bring in Regina Escoto. They bring in, um, I think, Melina Malaxos overseas. Um, fresher legs, as she said before, than last year. Uh, Nenji not doing as much as she did last year. She's more, more into crucial situations, which in the red zone. So uh, they, got, they got a lot of pluses on offense more than they did last year.
4: Oh, absolutely! I, I totally agree with that. I, I think they're they're a little bit uh, of a different team from last year, and uh, I think one that's better. Uh, clearly, they're they're the class of um, the Western Conference, and uh, so if you're the LA Legends, you know it's uh, your last game of the season. You're going to play for pride. You're going to play for fun. You're going to play to win, um, and see how they see how they stack up you know this is the legend sort of first season under that moniker so uh you know that they want to finish strong and be able to uh take all those lessons learned into the next season
0: yeah i talked to dana Zyke. uh she's ready on defense she would love nothing more than give the the rebellion their blemish at the end of the season here so uh we we'll look we're looking forward to that i and I, I mean we know that the rebellion d is no joke so you know they they played really good they play really good ball. Um, Mark, you anticipate uh, Dion Lee would like to get another crack at the rebellion.
4: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. There's no there's no doubt about that. And you know I, that's definitely a a matchup I wouldn't mind seeing in the playoffs. You know at some point um, we'll have to see how you know the seating shakes out and where teams end up. But um, yeah, I think I think you feel like. Um, you know, they let one kind of slip away. Um, mm-hmm. They're right in it. they were right there. So, uh, you know, they want another crack uh, at the rebellion. And that, and that one would be for all the marvels, right? That's even
0: more important. That one would be for the marvels. In other words, you move on, and it's not just for the season win. It's basically the, you know, for the playoff push. Um,
4: that's right. So let Mark, right. let's
0: go. Let's go international. Uh, a couple things that we haven't talked about. You guys go to the hub, facebook.com, get the lowdown on everything that's happening in the game, uh, including overseas. So we're going to go right there. Let's go north. Uh, we got week three matchup battle here coming up this week. Lethbridge taking on Edmonton Storm. The last two weeks have been really cool. The Manitoba Fearless taking down Regina Riot. That was
4: surprising. Yeah, yeah, that caught me off guard. I, I you know, I wouldn't have expected that. That's a huge win for Manitoba. Um uh, they must be so psyched. Uh, you know, the Rye are perennially, you know, one of the toughest teams um in Canada and so to come out and uh, hand them a pretty solid defeat, um uh that's uh, really great for that Manitoba squad.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, Saskatoon just keeps rolling. Uh just just like anything else, they just 59 to zero, they get their, their nice uh, donut win right there. They keep rolling. Um, I think it's going to be a battle once they face uh, week three. there's only one matchup this week, and that's the Edmonton Lethridge. But week four is going to be interesting in terms of the WWCFL, so interesting there. In uh, maritime, St. John uh, take, uh, got the win as well. so we'll dive into the maritime in the next couple weeks here as we, as we get deeper into the season. Um, if you go south, uh, Mark, uh, we get the live stream of Pumitas against the Lobos de Toluca in the semifinals. And obviously we already know P- Pumas is just the dominant team in FX, FX football in terms of Mexico. So the, uh, the semifinals are now uh, you know finished. Mayas also win on the other side. So we get the 11th championship now. It will be Mayas football taking on Pumitas this coming week on the 22nd.
4: Yeah, and, and these two teams are clearly the, the best teams um in FXF Mexico. Um, and they for the semifinals they came out to play. Uh they both they both shut down their competition. Um, you know, two shutouts in the semifinals, which is uh pretty unusual. Usually when you get to a semifinal situation, you know, the the you know, you see some pretty close games. Uh not in this case, the Pumitas and the Mayas they came to play. Twenty six nothing for the Pumitas over the Lobos, 32 nothing for the Mayas over the Raiders. Um, so that sets up a very good uh, final in FXF Mexico.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how Andrea Romero, the focus point of the Pumitas, how she breaks out in this game because they're just, they're, they're just at another level, uh, not to discredit the Mayas, but uh, the Mayas will have to bring their A game if they really want to take down the Pumitas and, and, and a big upset
4: here in the final. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the Myers are going to have to find a way to to put a load of points on the board, which is going to be tough because the Pumitas have only given up 20 points the, the whole season. Got a very stout defense, and we know that they can roll up points. So, um, you know, unless the Myers somehow come up with a game plan to really hold the Pumitas offense down, like they're going to have to find a way to score some points.
0: Yeah, I, I just anticipate it's going to be uh, the the championship that's going to go to Pamidas at this point. I mean, unless we get something different, uh, it just seems like they're the ones, um, they're on a different level at this point. All season they've been trending really well. Um, Mark, uh, week one in the Finnish Maple League, uh, impressive return by Tampiri this season, an early upset by Helsinki against Turku. That was uh, interesting to see. And uh, given the fact that I don't think they had their tough running back in Leah Kozla either. So uh, there was a couple um, players missing on the Turku side, which I think kind of benefit, um, uh, benefited the, the Wolverines. And then Maleki bouncers also get their win. Uh, you get the article right there by gentafitis.fi in terms of the breakdown, in terms of the week one scope in uh, Maple League. So uh, some interesting results in week one.
4: Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, uh, I think the Maple League, you know, outside of the U S and Canada. Um, certainly, you know, one of the most well-run and longest running uh, leagues around. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just exciting. They're also going to have division two and, uh, division one and division two football in addition to, you know, what is the elite league called the Maple league. So, um, yeah uh you know the Trojans were the champs last year, but they end up getting shut out shot out by the Wolverines, which is maybe not such a great surprise because we know that the uh Helsinki Wolverines historically are um you know one of the strongest teams around uh in the in the Maple League, so um but you know for the Trojans to come out uh score no points, it's a kind of a tough way to start the season. But as we say, you know, it's, it's just the first week of the season, um, and we've got a lot of football ahead of us in Finland, and, and I'm very excited about that.
0: Yeah, Tampiri really, uh, you know, took, took care of business here, uh, 44-28. It was 22-6 at the half against uh, Lola Linus's. Um, You know, a shout-out to Loda Anonen, who was the, uh, the first two uh, scores for the uh, Tampiri Saints. So it was a really good matchup there. Um, so they get the win. Impressive. Uh, Loda's is a really good uh, player. I think she was the uh, player of the year last year as well. So uh, pretty mm-hmm. interesting there. And then uh, the Wolverines took revenge on the Trojans. Uh, you know, finalists uh, at this point, they've always clashed. Uh, Trojans have never had really success until, until last year. So it was basically a, a battle of uh, some, you know, it's a rivalry battle A lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, so, but uh, you know, the Wolverines took care of business uh, behind um, SC Sutterholm and Laura Enamo, uh, so really good. And then up in Orpola uh, Meliki, uh, the Bouncers took uh, you know a really nice win against uh, West Coast, 14-0. Uh, they edged them at this point. Um, so uh, it was uh, Amelia Kempi and Nina S- Sutinen. So uh, pretty, uh, pretty awesome uh, weekend. We'll keep tabs on that, you guys, week to week uh probably one of the best uh, as mark alluded here one of the best uh uh series in terms of leagues in europe it's, uh, the Finnish league is pretty top notch as well and then Helsinki has always been dominant, sort of like boston has
4: been in the w f a uh yeah they're sort of the uh um the the big bully on the block you know uh they're the ones that's the team that everybody in uh in the maple League has gone in for and um so uh, another season's underway, and uh, we'll see if um, Helsinki can, you know, uh, reclaim the the crown from uh, the Turku Trojans, who, who won it I think in a bit of an upset last year.
0: Now we go to Sweden, Mark. Uh, week four, I believe. Uh, Gordoborg Marvels remain undefeated at three and zero. They get a thirty to six victory against uh, Lingham Gri- uh, Griffins. Uh, they get a they they have a big test coming up this weekend, Mark they will take on oribral. So this will be an interesting matchup if they can take down oribral.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh you know, if you you look at the record, you know, the Marvels are they're 3 and 0, so they look pretty stacked, but uh, they haven't really been um playing much of the tough teams um, you know, the teams that they've played um are kind of at the bottom of the of the standings, the uh, Norco Pink Panthers, the Lynn M. Griffins uh mm-hmm. twice. Um, however, you know, one advantage that uh, uh, Gothenburg has is that, you know, they've been playing football for like three weeks in a row, and they get a break before they f- face the, uh, the uh, Orbro Black Knights. And the situation with the Black Knights, we know that they're a strong team. Um, they're one and one on the season. They, they, they dropped one to the Karlstad Crusaders, who, you know, are the top team in that league um, historically. But the thing is, the Orbro Black Knights. It's been over a month since they played Karlstad, and they haven't played any other games. So <laughs> that's a long time not to play a football game. So I don't know if and that's a little bit like of rough, a,
0: to your point. Yeah, to, possibly to them, right?
4: Yeah. So I mean, that could be a factor um, in in this matchup, uh, you know, between the Marbles and the Black Knights.
0: Yeah, that could be a, a, a big key in terms of how that outcome will turn out. Um, also, week four in Sweden, uh, Women's Division 1, Orlando just routing Vesteras 54-14. Uh, uh, you get highlights right there of both matchups at the hub at facebook.com for slash Grand Beauties. Uh, so, a pretty, pretty awesome weekend in Sweden for both games. Uh, also, basically, uh, like I said, WWCFL, which was 59-0. I think it was uh, Valkyries taking down the Wolf Path as well, um, and then you also get highlights right there of Manitoba uh, with that impressive win, edging uh, Regina Riot 33-31, uh, in courtesy of the Manitoba Football Feed. So thanks to them for providing that as well. So we'll get previews plus post-game matchups uh, recaps. Uh, normally in Sweden and Finland, uh, Mark, it's really nice that they do a preview of the matchups and then they do a post recap. So I, you know, shout out to them for. Uh, keeping us informed every week.
4: Yeah, it's fantastic to see. And, and as someone who, you know, has done writing for, um, you know, football teams, it's, <laughs> that's a, you know, it's a lot of writing in addition to all the other stuff that, you know, they're writing about the league. And so uh, to to get those previews and recaps is really something of a luxury, I think. Um, we take it for granted, of course, when you look at, like, big leagues like the NFL or whatever, you know, you've got a lot of sources of information before and after the game, but uh, you know, in the women's league, with uh, resources, you know, being kind of spread a little more thin, um, uh, it's definitely a luxury to be able to uh, get pre-game and post-game analysis from uh, the leagues and the teams and, and whoever else is um, uh, pushing content.
0: It's really nice to have a Euro, they've always done well in terms of Sweden and the Finnish leagues. They've always been able to you know, provide content uh, almost equally to the men's uh, recaps and previews, So it's nice. Uh, Mark, let's step down to uh, the youth level. So the finals for the high school in terms of the Utah girls football league, check out some of the, some of the uh, Utah league, uh, junior high and high school championships. They're going to happen, I believe this weekend. So shout out to the Utah girls football
4: league. Oh yeah. Big time. I mean, I mean that's really fantastic to see. And um, it's just very exciting. And, um, you know, now with social media and proliferation of of, of video, you know, we get to be able to see some of that. So that's very exciting. Good luck to everybody.
0: And then over in Manitoba, week two in Manitoba of the Girls Football Association, Nomads take down the Mustangs 14 to 12. We'll also be following that at six-week matchups there as well. So we got some still photos there from the uh, Manitoba Girls Football Association. Uh, concerning the uh, Mustangs and the Eagles on May 12th. So that was really cool. Shout out to uh, Rita Mills for the game photos right there to keeping us informed. And then, uh, Mark, the other uh, matchups, uh, the finals in this WFA weekend of uh, Arlington. And the storyline has to be this Cali war, not having their uh, no Wiggins, having no Salerno, and putting in a defensive tackle at quarterback. So I don't know what's going on there. But
4: uh, we can all just I guess, speculate, right uh yeah, i mean I, I think we can, yeah, I mean, I guess all we can do is speculate and um look at the result um, um, i you know they just they they played the game they they played who they had, and um but it hats off to Arlington because they took care of business, the impact like they just they just went in there and 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 mopped them up. And that's very impressive for you know, also defensively to a team that just scored like over fifty points, um like in the last you know, in the last game, uh in a Cali war. If you go from if you go from beating
0: Nevada Cali to now like being basically a mash unit in Texas, I just I, I don't know what to say about that. You know what I mean? You just came off this huge, you know, fifty burger Almost a hundred-plus scoring game, and all of a sudden, you know, you go on the road and the intensity has dropped. Com- I mean, completely. It's just uh, I don't know what's going on there in terms of the quarterback uh, situation. There, I don't know if it, I don't know if she couldn't travel. Uh, I have no idea what Salerno's you know situation is, uh, whether she's on the team or not at this point. Uh, and then putting in Jackie, I think it's her name is Jackie Robinson at the helm, short term like that. Ugh, it's got to be tough.
4: Yeah, I mean, she she is a good football player. She also plays tight end. Um mm-hmm. and she's really good at, at at catching the ball. She's usually on the other, you know, on the receiving end of passes and um she's great with her size. She's hard to bring down. She does have a good hand and she's a good football player. Um but, you know, she's she's not a first string quarterback and it's just very clear to me that um Kelly didn't have the person, you know, That was who they – that's the best person they had had, uh, to play quarterback. Um, You know, uh, roster issues, always a tough thing to deal with, especially when you're traveling on the road. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure there are quite a few players on the Cali War who play on both offense and defense. So, you know, I I don't know if she was also playing defense. Um, um, I don't know what kind of numbers the war had. Uh, when they, that they took to Texas. Um, So, um, but clearly they were not up to the task uh, on that day. And, you you know, know, they had to find some consistency, I guess, you know, I I don't know, I don't know exactly how to put it, but um, you obviously showed that you can be like a really big, you know, a really tough team in a, in a tough situation there when they came from quite a ways behind a to beat Nevada, uh, but they really did not put up a good effort uh, the following week. And so, you know, consistency has to be of of a concern there, whether it's – Yeah, you got to credit Martin Dean for for
0: shutting down their offense and making it a one-dimensional, and that's literally what happened. It's a totally – you know, it's night and day from the previous week in terms of the Cali War and then this week. So, uh, Mark, uh, let's go to week seven. They're going to get Nevada – and Nevada is obviously they knew they had that win and they're playing at home now in the storm uh area. And so I, I don't know who's gonna be at the helm at, at quarterback for Cali. Are we gonna see Wiggins again? I mean it's start it's starting to feel like the situation with them is maybe she can't travel uh, you know, with them. Right. And so I um, don't know, yeah. you know I don't know if she's only traveling in California as an example. Right. So uh, there's in terms of quarterback situation, so we, I don't know who we're going to see, right? Are we going to see Salerno out of, the, out of nowhere? Are we going to have Wiggins back in the helm against Nevada? Um, I think either way, Nevada is not really going to care at this point because they're, they're coming in to try to get their uh, big home win, right? It's kind of a revenge win from that uh, road loss.
4: Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I'm in my, gut, my gut tells me that um, um, Wiggins will, will be the quarterback. Um, possibly she wasn't a hundred percent and, um, uh, maybe they just intentionally did not let her go to Texas because they wanted her mm-hmm. to be healthy for this Nevada game. Um, you know, which I can kind of understand, but, you know, at the same time, you know, you got to get that dove against uh, the impact. Um, anyhow. So I, I feel confident that Wiggins will be in that game. um, and as you say, regardless who's playing quarterback for the Cali War, the Nevada Storm's going to be ready. They're going to be prepared for whomever they they put out there. For sure,
0: and that's the probably the marquee game of the of the week in terms of the WFA schedule. We have uh, 25 games in week seven, and that, I think that's the marquee game of the week. Uh, Mark, do you think? Uh, am I off base here? I think that's it. Besides uh, Boston and, and DC reality, and then. Right. Is Dallas? I mean, Dallas and Houston. Uh, I'm I, I'm giving it probably the nod to Houston at this point because I don't think Dallas is at that D1 level, and we talked about that a long time. And then uh, it's Pittsburgh, Detroit on a rivalry swing in terms of D1. Pretty much it, I think. Uh, uh, bottom line, and then you got Minnesota, St. Louis.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think. See, the thing I, I do think Cali, uh, Nevada is is definitely a game to watch. But it could go in any direction. It could end yeah. up being, you know, it could end up being a blowout. I kind of think this St. Louis-Minnesota game um, might be the one to watch. Um, so, you know, I don't they, know if, don't know if that's Boston going to be streamed or not, or but I would, that's the one I would be looking for. Him?
0: So that's a good sign for them. Uh, we'll see how they can stick, you know, with uh, Minnesota, their rivals, their natural rivals with Minnesota at this point. Um, what do you say of Boston-D.C.? Uh, a must win for the Divas, and this is a tough, this is tough. So, Virkan Yaldi and your cook and everybody on D.C., this is your biggest game of the year.
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially, you know, since they dropped that game to Tampa, um, you know, they, they really feel like <laughs> there's a little bit of added pressure, I think, to to try and get this win um, against Boston. So that, that's a very tough task. Um, I, you know, I think I like the Divas a lot. I, and I'm not sure that a hundred percent on the health tip, um, in terms of their marquee players, um, although they are playing very well. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I think it could be a game, uh, for a while, but I, you know, I, I think in the end, you know, Boston you know probably going to be running away with it there in the fourth quarter so um, but uh hey it's a rivalry game so you never know you never really know um what's going to happen you know, you, but you definitely know that everybody's going to be playing hard so so there's that yeah that's
0: that's the one key um uh, in D2 we also have some matchups um you got Tri-State taking on I believe New uh New York Wolves one of the key matchups there, uh, key matchups there as well um, and then the other game, I think we have – with the other game on the board here? Let's find out here. Let's find out. Let me look it down. Uh, did I take it away? Yeah, I took it away. All right. Uh, let me go back to uh what my schedule was here. Uh, let's find out here. Um, D2, week seven. What do, uh, who else do we have D2, D2, D2 D7, Mark? Um, oh, I'm sorry, 3 Carolina, Phoenix, Orlando. That one is four and one against three and one. That's probably the marquee right. game of D3. Um, yeah, I think yeah. so. that would have some, yeah right. Uh, playoff implications, possibly. Yeah, you know yeah, that's it. and then uh, uh, M- Music City taking on East Tennessee. could there's another one there that we could watch. Um, I think, I think Grand Rapids gets, you know gets past Midwest. should be a problem there. Uh, let's see. Nebraska, Iowa, um, Max team taking on Iowa I think more of a crucial game for Iowa than it is for Nebraska I think.
4: Yeah and this is a rematch of I think their first or second game of the season uh, which Mm -hmm. Nebraska won Um, and but I also feel like Iowa's you know with a few more games under their belt they're probably going to be a little bit more prepared for this game so I think it might be closer this time around. But yeah, I would definitely say that's a that's definitely a big game for uh, particularly for the Iowa Phoenix.
0: Now, Mark, uh, before we get into WNFC here, uh, I was looking at the Massey ratings before we came on here. So Boston, number one seeded. They got Minnesota on the on the west side, number one seeded. Then you got Arlington, number two seeded right now. Nevada, number three. D.C., number two on the other side. So crucial must win for D.C. here. You got Cali War also in that mix. Tampa, if D.C. falls, I'm assuming by default, then Tampa gets to be the number two seed if, if, if we stand right now. And then you got Pittsburgh right there in the mix as well. Um, if we jump over to D2, it's mile-high energy. Then it's... Um, New York, I think it's—I want to say Baltimore, if I'm correct. New York, yeah, New York, Baltimore, um, for that for that sense, um, and then probably Nebraska on the other side. Um, but D3, let's let's dive into D3 here for a couple minutes here. So D3, Mark, um, the standout—let me see here on the Masseys is Oak, Oklahoma City, which we have been kind of raving about in the last couple weeks, and then it's Grand Rapids. So Oklahoma City, Grand Rapids. Then we look at Carolina Phoenix, Arizona back in the mix in terms of the Masseys. Um, Then we got Virginia, Music City, Capital City. So a little bit wide open here, uh, but besides um, those two teams. But Oklahoma City for sure stands out, and obviously Grand Rapids.
4: Yeah, teams have been uh, very impressive this year. They're both undefeated so far. Uh, Oklahoma at five and zero, oh, Grand Rapids at four and zero. Oh. Um, I, I think we expected, you know, um, just based on their play last year, that Oklahoma City would uh, probably be a contender um, in this season. Uh, Grand Rapids has surprised me quite pleasantly. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're undefeated. Uh, my my early pick for the east capital uh, capital city savages and uh grand rapids just handed them a defeat like it was nothing um so i'm very impressed with grand rapids and um i i have yet to really see them on tape or anything so i i'm really I'm on tape how old am i right <laughs> on video sure <laughs> um <laughs> so, uh so I, I i'd really like to see that i i think the um you know as as usual, the playoff picture for the D three is always uh, pretty intriguing. So um, maybe Grand Rapids um, can make that run all the way to the final. But there are a lot of pretty good teams in the East. You know, you got Music City; they've been trying to get there for a, for a while now, and they are in the thick of it. Of course, Capital City's still there. The New York Knockout is also undefeated, and you know, <laughs> Orlando. Um, you know, always pretty dangerous. Um, I kind of think the Zydeco a little bit underrated too. So um, a a lot of, you know, a lot of good teams in, in, in the East. Um, But how about Oklahoma city though? I mean, yeah, they, they've been lights out. They've been lights out. And then, you
0: know, they, they took their schedule mark and we, you know, they took down Dallas, right. They've taken down competition that they've above themselves. So, uh, interesting to see how the Masseys will shake up and how the bracket will shake up for D3 uh, as the road to Canton. So we're going to keep tabs on D3 in the next couple weeks as well. We're also going to get some guests in here from some of the teams that are in the mix for the playoff run. So it's going to be interesting to interview them as well and see get their take in terms of you know where they, they feel like they're going to end up at as well. So pretty interesting to see. So we're going to shift over to the WNFC, Mark. And what a game. Texas, Alabama, uh, I mean, hats off to the fire. They, they came to play. Uh, one crucial decision, okay, instead of punting for a field goal, we wanted to go for the two-point juggler, and that, uh, if you're a coach right now, you are apologizing big time.
4: Yeah, I mean, I was pretty shocked when I, I saw that play. Now, you know, in that situation, it's late in the game um you've just scored a touchdown um it's the score is 14 to 13 um as I said late in the game me personally I'm okay with whatever decision they wanted to make in terms of if they wanted to go to one, go for one and tie it up or line up and go for two to try and win it um they decided to go for two on a fake uh PAT kick which Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it might have been the worst decision you can make in that moment. If you're going to go for two, just, you know, I say line up for two Um, the risks that you take when you, you know, snap the ball long. All right. First of all, the person who catches it is like now very far away from the goal line. So not only are they far away from the goal line, but you know, anything could happen that snap could, could, go anywhere right it could go over the head, you know uh, i just think fake uh pats are, are have such a low success rate that it was not the overrated right decision the word, in, in that Martin. situation what's that
0: over overrated is the word <laughs> they're overrated <laughs> you know, not be I, in your you know it, especially against the elite spartans that should not be in your playbook i'm sorry <laughs> you you when you yeah, get a, you go up against texas uh i think the announcer said it best you should have like you said Mark, you should have lined up and take your chances that way.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know if it didn't go in, you know, you know that's that's one thing, you know, it's the same as missing, you know, missing a, the 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 kick if if it goes wide or something like that. That's a bummer, right? But at least you had a chance on those two things. That fake field, that fake um, kick that had no chance at all. So Um, whatever I know. I think sometimes, you know, when you're playing a team like, like the Dallas or the Boston's the world, if you have a chance, you know, you might try and think that you have to do more than you actually have to do. Um, try and do something exotic or complicated, resort to some sort of trickeration. Um, when you're best prep, it's probably just to, you know, try and do something simple. Um, but you know what, um, hopefully, uh, you know the, the coaching staff of the fire have, you know, examined that play, examined that decision, and you know have um, taken some some lessons from it, um, some strategies uh, stra- strategies strategies for the next time they're in that sort of a situation. Um, so, and I'm sure that I'm sure they're doing that. Um, was that was nice a fine game they
0: played, Alabama really step up to that, to that level where defensively they were keeping the Spartans at bay. Uh, they were really good on defense. Offensively, a little bit to desire besides that one mistake that they probably make, and they probably own it now. Um, but you know what? The defense did play a very key game, but, you know, Kay, Kay Mitchell also was there. So the, le- the leadership on defense, the return of her presence, really kept this game close, and I think that was a key. And you guys get to see her right there uh, at the Facebook, at the hub, when she said, hey, we probably just got away. You know, they got away with a, with a W, right, because they made their bad call. To your point, they line up, maybe they get a shot. But uh, that that's the breaks. But she knows, you know, the next time they line up, there's probably a similar situation. So, you know, Texas gets, gets that one-point win, uh, stays undefeated. But, you know, shout-out to Alabama for – make you know making it competitive at this point. Um Mark Philadelphia played a better game against Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi still not uh not able to find a an, off- an offensive kind of rhythm sense with housing. uh Jackson out of the picture there. Um, um, that great catch by uh, Ida Handel there in the end uh, to to uh, bring that ball down. Uh big difference there so they get the win 24 to 8 against Philadelphia. So an impressive win by them, but, you know, credit Philly for trying to like keeping it close for a, a couple, two quarters here much improved.
4: Uh, yeah. Um, you know, a step forward is a step forward. And, you know, um, being late in the season, it's been a rough season for the Phantoms. So, um, you know, they have to make it, you know, they're not going to the playoffs. They know that, but you know, you're still playing the games got to make them count. You got to learn. Um, you've got to learn. You've got to move forward. And um, hopefully we'll see better from the Phantoms next year.
0: Mark, if you're Washington, overconfident, I think you should just refocus on the playoffs now because that, that 39-0 win against Florida, not much of a benchmark. But you have had your benchmark when you went against Texas, so a lot of work to do in the next two weeks here uh, for the playoffs if you're going to get past the first round.
4: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, um, I see, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you know, the prodigy statement game was a little earlier in the the season and, um, you know, a win against the Avengers isn't going to do much for them in terms of their, you know, their ranking. And um, so, yeah, they just have to be, they just have to be getting ready for the next game. Stay focused uh try and block out all the noise. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the rating system and, you know, who's who's going to get into the the playoffs and all that stuff. It's just out of their hands. Uh, you know, they just have to prepare for the next game and and um that's all they got to do.
0: Mark, if you're Utah, you just gave a game away. I mean, you you you, you should have been able to win this game against Denver. You do not win this game against Denver, and now you're forced to play Oregon with nothing to lose, and you've got to get into the playoffs.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, credit to the Bandits. You know, uh, I, I think it frustrates uh, us as, uh, you know, fans and football analysts. But to see the way they win, they win games the way they do, it's not pretty. Every game has been kind of ugly. But, hey, they've won the games. Um, you know, I, I'm sure Utah, you know, is uh, disappointed that they didn't come out with a W against Denver last week. Um, it was another close game. But um, nothing you can do about it now. Um, as you say, you know, to, to keep their, you know, keep themselves in the playoffs, they really got to come up with um, an impressive win over the Ravens, Um, you know, and and I'm pretty sure they have it in them. Uh, Ravens are tough on defense. Um, It's kind of been their calling card, but um, you know, you know, it's tough for the Falcons to be in that situation, but I I think they'll respond uh, positively and pull out a victory. Given you
0: got Jamison and Magana in the backfield, the, the, the structure on this team has to be different. This is a, a must-win for, for Utah, uh, you know, must-win for our Holly Custis, and that's her, her last regular season game. If they don't make the playoffs, that literally is the final rally for her. Uh, so, you know, shout-out to Holly Custis. Great career so far. Uh, awesome, uh, awesome co-host on this podcast for several years. And so, uh, you know, I wish her a W, hopefully, that, that they'll pull it off get herself into the playoffs and, you know, go that route versus the other way, which is to not get the win and uh, end up that way in terms of a loss. But, uh, you know what, it, 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 this is the marquee game that I think for Week 8 in the WNFC mark, I think this is the game we're all going to be watching. Can Oregon take down the Falcons?
4: Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, these are, these are a couple teams that are on a bubble, and, like, a big win can really change their, um, you know, Change their fortunes this season, so um, I definitely feel like, you know, of of all the matchups that that are here, um, you know, this is the game that probably has the most at stake, you know, for the for the teams that are playing it.
0: Yeah, because I don't think L.A. and San Diego, big even if San Diego falls, Mark, there's n- there's no change there. San Diego's moving on. L.A. will get a pride win basically, right? There's no ramifications there beyond that. Even if if, if they lose one. Um so that's that's yep. the key. Uh Seattle could be the team that sneaks and gets Denver down because they got nothing to lose. But we've seen like you said Mark to your point, we've seen Denver win ugly. Could be another ugly win. It
4: could um I I kind of feel like um Denver will be able to open up the offensive playbook and and um, score more points than seven or nine or twelve. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think I think uh, yeah I think Denver will get it done and you know hopefully Terry Lister, we, need some, they we can... need some scoring Terry Lister you're listening yeah
0: or we need some scoring right but uh, it
4: hasn't happened it is. yet so. It would be good for uh, the B- bandits to, you know, get an offensive, ryth- a new offensive rhythm going, you know, one that uh, puts a few more points on the board as they head into the playoffs. Mark, uh,
0: let's finish up here. There's no ramifications for the rest of the matchups because if you look at it on paper, you look at it in terms of film. Uh, Mississippi should get a win against Houston. Uh, sleeper, maybe here. <laughs> Could. Houston, nothing to lose. Could get their first win. Uh, I mean, uh, Philly played pretty tough against Mississippi. They couldn't find their offensive rhythm, but they still get the win in the second half. So there's a there's a game there that, that you know, could somewhat backfire on Mississippi when it should be an automatic win. Uh, Vegas against Phoenix. Same situation here. Uh, they got to stay focused, get this W. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, Atlanta against Philly. Well, it's just going to be a scrimmage game, basically, for Philly uh, for Atlanta to get ready for the playoffs. I have to say that, unfortunately. Um, and then Kansas City, this is this is it. Lauren Crouch, you know, Kiki, this is it. This is uh, this is what you wanted. You want to finish the strong. You're in the you're in the playoff bracket, and if you can somehow be competitive in this game, more than likely you'll get to face uh, Texas Elite down the down the stretch here. So. Mark, is this the game that we got to kind of watch and see, and how well the glory will fare?
4: Yeah, this is the other game that I was thinking would be, um, um, you know, watchable, as it were, not um, in terms of, just in terms of, you know, if there is an upset or a close game, you know, that can, um, I think, have ramifications at least in the way we perceive these teams. Like, you know, if Kansas City can be competitive in this game against Texas, you know, obviously we'll look at Kansas City in a different light if they're keeping up with Texas. But then we're also thinking, well, this is two this is two weeks in a row that Texas, you know, hasn't obliterated the other teams. So what's up with Texas, right? Yep. So I will definitely be keeping tabs on this one. Um and uh we'll see, you know. Um Kansas City's, um, you know, pretty good. We um, want to see them, you know, see them in the playoffs. Uh, you know, they they need to, you know, perform well in this game.
0: And this is a, a big test, I think, more so, Mark, for Kansas City because they get to face this team in their regular schedule, right? So this is a yeah. opportunity for them to really make a statement, right? Because they get to face them twice, and and you know, looking at the brackets, it could be three times. This is basically more of a prep game for a playoff matchup. So uh, if That's you're, right. you know, if you're yeah. Lo- Lauren Krause in them, I mean, this is like to your point, Mark. You gotta you gotta make it competitive. You gotta uh, get up for this game at, at a le- at a higher level than you normally would get because this is your prep uh, playoff game in a lot of ways.
4: Absolutely. It, it's kind of a freebie preview. You know, uh, if you lose the game, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you know, count against you. I'm, uh, uh, not to drive a dagger through your heart, Oscar. I'm, I'm reminded of the 2001 Patriots, uh, New England Patriots when they played the St. Louis Rams, um, during the regular season. And, yep. uh, I, I think, uh, you know, St. Louis won like twenty-one to seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a huge win, but um, you know the Rams won. But that was, you know, that was the look that the that Belichick could get against a team that had just won a championship, and um, that was a, what allowed him to, you know, figure out a strategy uh, when they faced up in the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, whenever you get to to face uh, the reigning champ during the regular season, it it's a, such a big advantage for your team compared to other teams that don't face them. Right. Kansas city, you know, if they see them twice this year, they're more familiar with the Spartans than anybody else in the league this year. So, you know, the logic is when they get into the playoffs, you know, Kansas city, you know, probably has a a better, you know, certainly has a better look at um, finding ways to win against Spartans than most other teams.
0: Now, if you take the blueprint that Alabama gave you last weekend against uh, the Spartans, you might get a chance. You might have a
4: chance if you don't botch the point after attempt, right?
0: When you (laughs) you should (laughs) stop.
4: Maybe. Well, if it comes down to that, you know, um, uh, uh, I'll be like really very happy to see that level of competition Um, and hopefully they'll make a different call than, than the fake kick.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Now, uh, Mark, before we get out of here, so Utah, Oregon is what we're looking for. We're we're also going to keep an eye on whether LA somehow gives the rebellion a blemish for the end of the season here, which we talked to Adriana Gutierrez, which in her eyes, not going to happen. And then, we also have, you know, basically the the Texas against Kansas City matchup here, and what they can take away from the Alabama film. So three games in terms of the slate of the WNFC for Week Eight, the final weekend of the WNFC. The playoff brackets have pretty much already been set. The final rankings are going to come out with the coaches' poll, and we'll get the final rankings probably this coming, you know, this coming Friday. It's going to be kind of a preview of the final final then next week we'll figure out exactly where everybody lands and what the playoff picture is going to look like in terms of, um, you know, the playoff seedings for the, for the nine cup. Um, So Mark, interesting three games there. Everybody else, I mean, they should get the win, right? Mark, you know, Alabama against the Avengers, you got Atlanta as well. You got Mississippi should get the win, right? I mean, just if you start to look at that aspect of it. So uh, the other teams, they just – they got to get their W, finish it the season strong, and then figure out what the rankings are going to land. But uh, the the other three games that we just talked about, they really need to make, uh, a, you know, an impact there. L.A. could surprise. Uh, Kansas City can, like you said, muster up maybe a better performance there. But I, I think everybody's going to be eyeing Utah, uh, uh, Utah, Oregon.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for the most part, this slate of games, um, you know uh, – we have expectations about who's going to, to win. Um, not, you know, it's that Oregon Ravens, Utah Falcons game that um, looks to be the most competitive on the slate. And it's got the biggest impact for both of the teams that are in it.
0: And I think uh, Sarah, if you Sarah Gallica, I mean, that's a crucial uh, performance game for her. This is gut check time for her as a quarterback, as an offense. Uh, can they just get it done? If you're Daniel Trainer, in terms of the Ravens, Mark, I mean, this is a huge moment for you because this is, this is a it throw you over the top and make you relevant in the WNFC.
4: That, that's right. That's right. Um, you know, um, when the, when the bandits, the Denver bandits took down Utah in a, you know, in the first game of the season, and it, it really woke everybody up right it you know opened a lot of eyes uh Oops. to the Denver bandits and um you know now we we don't you know we expect them to be in the playoffs we don't uh have any doubts about their um uh deserving to to be there uh compared to last year right denver was on the bubble and you know uh, there's a lot of argument as whether or not they belong to the playoffs, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a consensus at all. Yep. So yep. Um, <laughs> getting a win against a team like the Utah Falcons definitely kind of, um, you know, kind of legit legitimizes a team, if you will. And you know what, that's, that's what comes when, when you've got a great program over the years as, as the Utah Falcons have, you know, they've always been one of yeah. the best teams. So, <laughs> So that's what you get when you play them. That's the opportunity you get when you play the Utah Falcons. Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh, Nate, sorry I had you on hold on here, just trying to juggle some things here on the switchboard. But, Nate, this has got to be a big game. we got got uh, two minutes left here. It's a Northwest battle. This is it. WNFC, uh, is Utah going to, you know, move on, or is Oregon going to get that upset and really make a statement here about this season because it's a must-win for Utah?
4: You know, you all, you both know that I love my my upsets, but this time around, I I, I got to go with our with our own Holly. This has got to be the swan song, song, and I want I want her to go out uh, as as big and strong as possible. So I'm pulling for Utah all the way. I think this is going to be a big game for them. I think they're going to go all out, and she's going to have incredible.
0: Perfect. Yeah. So I, I think we're on board, right? We we want the Hall of Famer to get the get the last uh, regular season win, and then uh, get into that playoff hunt as well.
2: So, really appreciate it.
0: All right, guys. Uh, thanks to Adriana Gutierrez. Thanks to uh, Coach Ryan Wiggins of the Houston Energy. Uh, Mark, it's been great. Uh, one hour talking women's tackle football like we always do. Nate, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate it. Uh, we, You know, want to wish uh, Holly a W. want to wish uh, Mac a W. And, obviously, ultimately, Terry Lister a W. So, for all our co-hosts, Let's go get the W's this weekend. So uh should be an interesting weekend. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, get your popcorn ready, everybody. All right. Uh, Mark, I will catch you uh, next week uh, as we break down the international scene. But uh, Boston, D.C., Mark, that's where I'm going to be at as well.
4: Yep, I will be there. Thanks, Oscar.
0: Have a great night, everybody. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Don't forget to check out our podcast. Subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. And like I said, thanks again to Adriana Gutierrez coming in here, the San Diego Rebellion running back, and Coach Brian Wiggins of the Houston Energy. So catch you here next week for 426 as the WNSC playoffs take effect in the rankings and the Massey ratings unravel the WFA playoff picture, D2, D3, and D1. Catch you here next week.
3: is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in america you get fun easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players monkey night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to fifty dollars That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW proof. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.